Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. And today we are getting curious about the idea of yucking someone's yum. Have you guys ever heard of this phrase? So I had never heard this until the last maybe six months. And now I've heard it like half a dozen times. So I'm going to take that as a sign that we need to do a podcast episode about it. So what does that even mean? If you're unfamiliar, um, think about when we're kids and we're told, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. And similarly, this phrase of yucking someone's yum was apparently born of a situation that most all of us, I would say, probably encounter in childhood. Uh, well, according to Wikipedia anyways, this is the root of this saying. It's, it's in a story about uh, children's lunches, funny enough. So I guess one kid basically said yuck to what another kid brought to school for lunch. And the teacher basically said to that kid, you know, we don't say that about other people's lunches. We don't need to yuck their yum. And this lesson should really hold up in adulthood, but I think I think we can lose sight of it sometimes. And not because we have like ill intent or, or malice, not because we're bad people. You know, I think sadly, it just doesn't always occur to us not to yuck someone's yum. You know, whether that's like a needless correction that somebody makes in social media comments. Um, maybe it's a somewhat arrogant assumption about something, like telling someone that the thing they've never heard of before is common sense and really? Like, how'd you never hear of that before? Um, or maybe it's like a one-up situation, you know, demonstrating to someone who's struggling how someone else has it way worse, or maybe how we have it way worse, the like comparative suffering. Uh, these are all forms of yucking someone's yum. These are those instinctive knee-jerk reactions we sometimes want to just blurt out without any forethought about how our words will be received or if we're even being helpful in the context of those conversations. So I think when someone shares with us something like a preference, a personal preference, our initial instinct is to think about how we feel about that thing, right? If we like it or dislike it, if we had an experience with that thing that we want to share, but that actually doesn't have to be our default wiring. We can change that. You know, instead of reflecting on our personal feelings about that thing, we can just express curiosity about their experience with it. We can ask them follow-up questions. What do you like about it? Have you always liked it? What do you think about this other similar thing? You know, my mind goes, my mind really goes straight to food when I think about this concept because, you know, those are words that we typically use when <laughs> we're describing our strong feelings about food. Our reactions to food tend to be pretty visceral. <laughs> For example, I would say that Probably oysters are like a top food in terms of like polarizing cuisine. <laughs> like no one is indifferent about oysters. People either love them or they hate them. They either really relish that slippery little sucker sliding down their throat or it initiates like an 
instant gag reflex just thinking about it. Just... <laughs> and to be fair, like, the texture is not for everyone, but we still don't need to yuck other people's yum, right? And I feel like lately, everyone and their mom has been taking just these incredible summer vacations to Europe, right? I feel like this has been all over my Instagram, just beautiful videos of the Amalfi Coast and of Spanish wine country and of just beautiful, beautiful places. And, you know, let's say, for instance, you have a friend who just got back from an amazing trip to Spain and they're just gushing about it to you. And they've still got their Spanish tan. They're still glowing. You know, they somehow didn't gain a single pound, even though they ate their face off, you know. <laughs> and your instinct is maybe to tell them about the nightmarish ordeal that you had with an airline when you went there a few years ago. You you launch into a harrowing retelling of your canceled flight and your overnight stay in the Chicago O'Hare airport sleeping on the ground and then almost missing your connecting flight and how you missed the whole first day of the Madrid City tour you had already prepaid and booked in advance because you got there like a whole day later than you were supposed to. And yes, that is weirdly specific to be hypothetical because it's not hypothetical. <laughs> that did happen to me. How hypocritical, right? Uh... <laughs> But this is what I'm saying. Like, we're all guilty of this. Like, I have had that exact conversation and I didn't need to do that. Right. Like, I could have just asked them questions about their trip. You know, what cities did they visit? You know, what Airbnb did they stay at? What hotel was their favorite? What restaurant was their favorite? What museums did they go to? expressing curiosity in their experience. And typically I do ask those types of questions because I am genuinely curious about their experience, but I really could have skipped that whole first part, lamenting my own horrible travel experience and getting there. <laughs> and, oh man, actually another personal example of this, um, of yucking someone else's yum was just yesterday. So I was at a friend's graduation party and I was talking to her grandmother who is a very very sweet and welcoming lady so this is in Charleston South Carolina just to give some quick context so I am in the south right now um, and I actually have not interacted with a lot of people outside of the boxing studio where I coach I've met a few people through a philanthropic like women's entrepreneurial group that I became part of. Um, but all in all, like over the last six months, you know, I haven't directly face to face interacted with like that many people. So I'm talking to this sweet older lady. And when I told her that I was from California and I would be moving back there in about a week, she goes, can you please tell those people out there to get it together? They are so crazy. That was my attempt at a Southern accent there. Let me know how that panned out. Uh, but in my mind, I was like, uh, I am those people. I was born and raised in California and I've lived there the vast majority of my life. And I, I did. I kind of wanted to clap back and be like, well, 
Well, a lot of those people out there think y'all are the ones who need to get your values straight. <laughs> but I, of course, did not say that. I recognize how different of a culture it is here in the Deep South versus somewhere like California, where I'm from. And I know that that was not the battle I wanted to pick that day. I knew not to let my triggered emotions dictate what I said next. It was not worth it. <laughs> so I just kind of gave a half-hearted like, <laughs> and immediately changed the subject. <laughs> and actually, there's this there's another thing about that. We have a tendency, I think, to see one person as representative of a much larger group. I have several examples of this from traveling. So I remember when I was in Indonesia in 2018, and almost every single Balinese person who I interacted with asked me questions about then-President Trump. They would ask me why, why he did this or that. And <laughs> my sarcastic instinct was to just like lean into it, right? Just like play the role of fake diplomat or ambassador and be like, you know, that's a great question. I will take that straight to the Oval Office as soon as I get back. <laughs> and I understand why a lot of people tend to do that. If we interact with someone who's from a very different place with a very different culture and our understanding of that place and that culture is pretty limited then we can only ask questions from that limited viewpoint. But it's good to remember that one person's opinion is not necessarily indicative or reflective of how an entire population feels about something. There is absolutely no logical way to claim that a sample size of one can be extrapolated as representative of millions of people, right? <laughs> And I remember something similar happened when I was in Amsterdam last November. So I go to this place called Adam Tower because it has the highest lookout point and I am a peak seeker as we know. So they have this really cool swing at the very top of the tower that you can go up and swing on it and somebody takes pictures of you and it's just like amazing views. It's really cool. So they also have this kind of like bar restaurant lounge thing at the top of the tower and so I'm hanging out there, I'm like writing in my journal, you know, facing out at this amazing view, just taking in life. And a group of German guys just comes over and starts talking to me. And so I end up like hanging out with them all day. We went to museums, we got dinner together, and we just walked all around the city. It was really, really a fun day. And at one point we were on this ferry and one of the guys says to me, you really don't seem American. <laughs> and to contextualize this, we had just been talking about personal development and psychology. And specifically, they asked me if I knew about Eckhart Tolle. And he's like this very famous German author and teacher, specifically in the space of spiritual and personal growth. So I very excitedly referenced his book, The Power of Now, his big bestseller that you know, if you say Eckhart Tolle, that's usually the book that people think of and told them that I'd actually seen him give a live talk in L.A. the previous year because I did. Now, I know that many people across the world perceive Americans as somewhat uncultured. Um, 
that we live in our own little naive bubble and we just don't know anything about the rest of the world. And <laughs> I'm definitely not particularly knowledgeable about international affairs or politics, but it was so funny to me that just me knowing who Eckhart Tolle was was apparently enough to really surprise them and break their idea of like what Americans are like. <laughs> and maybe this isn't true for you guys, but for me, I have had to train my face. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard not to show it on your face when someone defies a general stereotype that we have in our mind, right? <laughs> or our tone of voice, you know, to not sound surprised when someone legitimately surprises us. Like, oh, really? You know who that is? And I think what this really comes back to is our tendency to judge. And I'm not saying this in a like, you know, scolding way. Judgment is part of human nature. You know, we try to figure things out ahead of time. We try to discern patterns so that we don't get taken off guard, so that we can make a decision about how we feel about something in advance, file away that decision, and then bring it back up when a relevant situation warrants it later. And not to open this whole can of worms, but I think that that's kind of the root of stereotyping. You know, sometimes when we've only ever had difficult experiences with a certain thing, it is very hard to force ourselves to take a more open perspective and accept that our experience is not necessarily the experience. In fact, there is no the experience. There is no singular experience for anything that everyone has. But we'll be much better off long term if we actively choose to just assume positive intent, to give people the benefit of the doubt, to choose to live and let live, to let people like the things that we don't like, to try things that terrify us, to do things we would never do. Because really, more often than not, what they do, it doesn't affect us, right? What harm is there in just openly accepting someone else's perspective, preferences, and experiences, whether we agree with them or can relate to them or not? There's just, there's just no point in yucking someone else's yum. We treat others how we want to be treated. We try to actively replace judgment with compassion and curiosity whenever we can. And when we do this, we'll just be a lot happier. So as always, thank you so much for listening. I really hope this was helpful. And if this episode was a yum for you, please share it. Leave me a review. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you want to hear about. Let's get curious about things together. And until next time, stay curious.